Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed out. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week. And all of a sudden, Cody, we're only three weeks out from the end of the NBL season and the playoff race is incredibly fascinating. All of a sudden, Melbourne United is inside the top six. The South East Melbourne Phoenix, who not very long ago we were talking about them being a top two team, they're outside of the top six. The Adelaide 36ers are getting shaky. I think you can say the Sydney Kings and the Cairns Taipans look very safe where they are in the top two. So plenty for us to get through on this week's show. A lot happened in round 15 of the NBL, including you being back in a building, Cody. Mm. So I'm fascinated to get your <laughs> thoughts on thoughts on that. And what a mixed bag the Brisbane Bullets are. They're the, they're the most fascinating story of this NBL season. So I can't wait to talk to you more about them as well. And more heartache for the Illawarra Hawks. You can't fault their effort right now that they're giving each and every game and they went very close again to to beating beating two very good teams this week but they just fell short and I'm going to put you on the spot Cody and get you to take a look at the run home of all of the teams in the playoff mix (laughs) and and tell me who's going to end up finishing where over these last three rounds and we'll hear from Scott Ninnis he'll pick the Galen winner so there's plenty for us to get through Cody I'm Chris Pike but the man that everyone's tuning to hear from the former Laura Hawks and Sydney Kings forward the Warwick Senators NBL1 captain how are you holding up Cody this week? Good mate, bit uh, bit tired. Been a uh, been a long four or five days in Geraldton for me for work. Mm. Uh, but no, look, uh, really good round of basketball. We finished last week's show saying there was going to be a lot of movement on the ladder mm-hmm. after this round, and there certainly has been. Um, lots of surprises, both good and bad for teams. So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into, into it. Selling school supplies probably isn't the most glamorous job at this time of year, is it? No. <laughs> Too hot, mate. It's too hot. <laughs> Sitting in sheds, big tin sheds, and running around, carting heavy books and boxes mm. around. It's uh, it's it's not ideal, but uh, you know, it's that time of year, and uh, it's uh, certainly not going away anytime soon. No, no. So you're just fresh back from from Geraldton. Um, catch up with any old basketball buddies while you were, were up there? No, I didn't actually. Mm. I didn't. It's one of those things in that time of year that everyone's kind of still in holiday mode. They're probably all so, out of town. Yeah, exactly. So no, uh, no, nah, nah, got there, did the work, and and got home. So it was good. You've, you've had a mixed run in that stadium up there as well over the years. Yeah. When you go there on a, in a non-basketball capacity, mm-hmm. do you avoid that place like like the play? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, had both good and bad experiences up there. But, uh, look, that's uh, certainly a place place of nightmares for mm-hmm. sure. There's uh, There's been some some heartaches up there and some some seasons finished up there unfortunately mm. so uh no look it's it's always good going up there um but yeah if it's in a non-basketball capacity i try to stick clear <laughs> um now before we get stuck into what's happening in the nbl because there's a lot for us to get through cody um for the first time in a long time you were back at rsa arena mm. watching on last tuesday night for the wildcats and the breakers how was the experience yeah good good mate i uh, i thought i was cursed because we were originally meant to go to the perth new zealand yes. game and that was when my mother-in-law was in town and that got cancelled and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And it's it's happened a couple of times now mm. where I've been going to a game and something's come up or something's happened. So I thought I was cursed. So I didn't want to jinx it and uh, and say too early that I was going to the game in case it got cancelled mm-hmm. again. But uh, no, look, it was good. It's good to be uh, in the arena again. Um, still find it very odd sitting in the stands mm. and watching a game. So it was kind of a bit awkward for me mm. and... Um, but no, look, it was it was a really good game, and, mm. and the cats came to play. Um, yeah. And look, RAC is just as rocking as ever, mm-hmm. so uh, it's always good to be there. Now, you went with members of your family. How many of your family were cheering on the Breakers? How many were cheering on the Wildcats? <laughs> oh, look, it was pretty much Lauren yelling and screaming <laughs> for for the Breakers because uh, you know one of our good mates, Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. obviously plays for them, and uh, we've been mates with them for a long time. Mm. So, but yeah, look, I mean. 
it's one of those things that dad's at the point now where he just wants a good game. Um, you know, obviously he wants the cats to win, but mm. you know, if it's a blowout, he's kind of just <laughs> sits there a bit bored. Yep. Um, but no, look, my, uh, my grandma is, is the, uh, the ultimate cats fan, mm-hmm. as you can well imagine. Yep. And, uh, look, even, I think even when I was playing against the cats, mm. she was still cheering for the cats over, <laughs> over us. So, which is fine. And I totally get that. Yep. It's so ingrained in, uh, in the Ellis name. Yes. And, um, no, they're still all about it. Where does your heart lie? If you had to pick one team in the NBL that you supported, who would it be? No one. I, okay. I honestly, I have absolutely no allegiance to any team mm-hmm. right now. Um, and look, it, it makes for better viewing, to be honest with you. Because, mm. um, you know, watching any given game, it doesn't bother me who wins. Mm. You know, I... I'm kind of like that and I wish that it's just a good game. Yep. I, I hope that, you know, it's it's fun to watch and there's some entertainment in it and there's some good basketball. Mm. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, you know, rooting for a team, there's there's no one. Yeah. All right. We're here thanks to Hoop7, of course, Cody. So head to hoop7.com.au or if you're in Perth, head to their store on Murray Street. Let's get stuck into the action, Cody, because we'll quick, quickly run out of time if we don't, <laughs> if we don't get busy. Um, last week we talked about how we thought it was a, a race in three for the top two between the Kings, the Taipans, and the Breakers. Well, the Breakers have now lost three in a row. Mm. They, they're really struggling right now. Um, the Sydney Kings and the Cairns Taipans have pulled away from the pack, so the Kings are on top 17 and 5. The Taipans are 16 and 7, and then everyone else is either on 13 or 12 wins behind them. Can you see... Either of those two not finishing the top two because they're both on six-game winning streaks right now. Well, they are, and they're both just kind of separated themselves from the pack um, in terms of their play in general. Mm. I think that uh, they're certainly um, the bar right now. And look, it it was Sydney that we thought, mm. um, you know, almost invincible type yep. uh, type yep. team. Um, but Cairns have they've stepped up to the plate and they're playing some unbelievable basketball. Mm. Um, and look, I, I think. Even without Keanu, they they almost play the same, if not quicker, and yeah. it's it's working to their advantage. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he steps back into the lineup. Yeah. Um, but no, look, those, those two teams are set. Um, it's it's not a great time for New Zealand to uh, to go on a bit of a skid. Mm. Um, losing that second place is is huge yeah. in, in the scheme of things with with how the playoffs are run this year. So You're not guaranteed anything. No. if you don't finish top two, you might not even make the semifinals. Well, the, the crazy thing is that those bottom two or three teams that are going to make the playoffs are probably more of the dangerous teams because yeah. they're the ones on the on the roll right now um, and starting to find some form and yeah so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to finish in that third spot no because you're likely going to have to overcome Melbourne or Perth and yeah. right now they're playing great basketball both of those two teams um, yeah. you saw the Wildcats in person beat the Breakers and then they backed mm-hmm. it up with a a massive win against the 36ers under the under the open skies at mm. RAC Arena. Yep. Um, th- sold out crowd, more than 13,000 people there, and unfortunately the 36ers didn't turn up. So no. that's that's one part of the story. The, the positive side of it is the way the Wildcats looked. So 67 points they scored in the first half of that game. The best, best first half performance from any team this season. They shot 63% from the field, 9 of 13 from 3. And they're doing it for the first time ever with no Australian players in the starting lineup. So you got the, mm-hmm. the Webster brothers, you got Bryce Cotton, you got Brady Manick, you got Tayshawn Thomas. Offensively, like we've talked about, if they can just find a way to be half decent defensively, yeah. it's an offensive juggernaut that's really tough to stop. Oh, for sure. And, you know, we mentioned that when they signed time. Mm. You know, we, we said that they'll be able to score with everyone, mm-hmm. but will they be able to stop teams? Um, and look, I think just the way they've been playing now, their defense has kind of lifted a notch for mm. sure. Um, but look, you obviously see guys still going at Brady, yeah. um, you know, still, still going at guys like Bryce on that defensive end. And that's more just to wear them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, I think, you know, that is a very competitive five. Mm. And then, you know, obviously really has really shortened yes. that rotation to, to about seven players. And that includes Jesse, who really only plays about 12, 13 minutes, yeah. I think in, in that seven man rotation. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go going forward with some of these back-to-back games. Mm. Um, I think they're going to have to go deeper into the bench. Otherwise, yep. you know, you're going to risk getting getting some injuries. Well, in the game against the Breakers especially, it really stood out. So he, he went a little bit deeper into the bench against Adelaide. But against the Breakers, <laughs> Todd Blanchfield had a DMP. Mm-hmm. Majuk Majuk had a DMP. Michael Harris a DMP. Mitch Norton played three minutes. And mm-hmm. Jesse Wagstaff played eight minutes. Yep. He only really went with six guys. So yep. it was the, the starting five we talked about plus, plus Luke Travers. Yep. Um, I guess winning is all that matters, ultimately. Oh, yeah, it, it is. And especially with where they, they were sitting, mm. I think it was time to, to probably shorten it and go with the guys that you think are going to help you win. Mm. Um, 
you know, we've mentioned that Todd and Norto haven't exactly had their best years and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's never fun seeing especially old teammates mm. going through that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's that time of year that you'd need to get wins on the board and you can't afford to keep losing, especially when, you know, you've got 10 losses on the board already. Mm. But look, against Adelaide, they had no choice but to, to play those extra guys because they were up 30 with yeah. five or six minutes to go. Well, so. I want to ask you about that. So they were yeah. up 30 and then all of a sudden they only win by 15. Yeah. And we know the percentage might end up deciding mm. who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. So CJ Bruden challenged his team to, look, let's not lose by, let's, let's try and lose by less than 20. Yep. We're not going to win this game. But mm. if we can get it under 20, it's going to help us. They ended up getting it to 15 and I think they scored the last nine points of the game and I think yeah. Antonius Cleveland scored all of those. All but of they... They, they finished the game well. I mean, they, they had a horrible night, but the fact that they, they finished the game okay, 17-5 to 5 they finished mm-hmm. the, the game with, it took some percentage points off the Wildcats. It, it helped the limit the damage for Adelaide. How important can that be? Oh, big time. And, you know, you mentioned it. Like percentage plays a massive role yeah. in, in, this, um, in this game. And I think it's, it's tough because really – basically went a five-on-five five off. I think he had Michael Harris on there a few minutes earlier, but mm-hmm. other than that, he went um, with, with the four four other guys that ended yes. up finishing the game. And then he had to call an immediate timeout to have a chat to them. Well, <laughs> they went inbound, just punched it all the way up the court, layup, yep. without any kind of force trying to stop them. Yeah. So really called a quick timeout. And that's tough because you you've got four guys on there that, haven't seen the court yet. Mm. They've been sitting there for a few hours, getting cold, not thinking they're going to get in, mm. right? And then you've got Adelaide who, on the other hand, are trying to cut that margin yeah. down, obviously. And they kept their full starters well, they did. out there. Yeah. They did. It was their full starters versus basically an ice-cold bench mm. bench squad, yeah. right? So that's tough, you know. And it is professional sports. Like, you've, you've got to you've got to be ready for that. I understand that. Mm. But it also, it does take once or twice up and down the court to, to be able to get your muscles moving yeah, again. Yeah. So, look, I mean, percentage is going to come into play. So I, I, I totally understand that. But, you know, if, if you're up 30, you, you can't just keep playing your starters, especially mm, if your no. rotation is six guys. Yeah. There, there's no way. Especially you know, when you've got the six games to come in the next three weeks that they yeah, do have. Yeah, so exactly. They, well, they, they, yeah. It's 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 going to be tough. So I think he's going to have to go a little bit deeper into his bench. Um, I mean, it, it's frustrating because those guys didn't show a whole lot of uh, mm. of, of what they can give. Yeah. Um, you know, in the rotation mm. in that five or six minutes. So, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'd love to have the discussion about the percentage with you as well, if you're happy about that. Yep. Deciding the playoff spots as well, but we might say that for another week because. We've got a lot to talk about yes, this we week, do. <laughs> Cody. Um, Melbourne United, um, they're a fascinating story right now. So we were concerned about them without Isaac Humphreys and how they would go last week, especially up against New Zealand and Brisbane, who have got some big bodies, but they, they did really well. And really it was it was Rajon Tucker, Xavier Radden-Mays, Shay Ely and Chris Golding who were the keys to the, to both, both their wins um, against New Zealand and Brisbane. In my mind, I think Melbourne has a good enough team to win the championship. Yeah. But they could still miss the playoffs. Yeah. How do you see their situation? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago when they were sitting, I think they were sitting seventh. Oh, they were five and ten. Seventh or eighth point. even. Yeah. yeah. So, but they started to click and, and um, you know, Tucker is all of a sudden mm. come out and showing what he spoke about when yeah. he came to the league. <laughs> yeah. So he's been really good. I think um, Lee's been just the perfect yep. fit for them. Yep. Just does all the little things, you know. He'll he'll change shots, rolls to the rim hard. They can mm-hmm. just throw it to the rim, and he mm-hmm. can go get it. Um, so I, th- I think he's been a big in for them, and they're just starting to play really good basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think they're certainly a team that could stick their hand up to to be uh, a title contender. Mm-hmm. But if they let one slip, then it's it's yep. almost season over for them. Yep. We will get to it. So before we get to our preview this week, Cody, I'm going to go through the run home of each team and you're going to tell me who, who ends up on the number win. So they've only got three games to go, so you can we, we'll get, get to that. Um, the teams that aren't going so well right now, so you've got the South East Melbourne Phoenix all of a sudden having lost five straight games after losing just a game they couldn't afford to lose to mm-hmm. the Brisbane Bullets. They've now got four games to go all against teams in the playoff hunt. They, they couldn't lose on Monday night to the Brisbane Bullets, but they did. The Adelaide 36ers have now lost three straight, and, and I think there's some real horrible signs with the way they're playing right now. And the New Zealand Breakers have lost their... 
They've lost their grunt a little mm. bit. They've lost that mojo that they were playing with, and they've lost their last three as well, and they're also doing it without Barry Brown. Um, what do you think of the way those three are travelling? Yeah, look, uh, southeast. there's no way they should have lost to Brizzy. Mm. Um, I mean, in saying that, Brisbane came out um, like a different Brisbane team than we've seen in, yeah. in a long time. Mm. Um, so, look... <sighs> They've almost kind of lost a bit of their bite as well. Yeah, they um, you know, I think they had basically their full roster back. They had Gary, Gary Brown and Trey Cal back, but they both looked like they were playing their first games yeah. in a month as well. Oh, well, exactly. And it's it's always going to take a game or two for them to get their legs back. Mm. Um, so that's it's going to be an interesting one for them because they need to figure it out real quick yep. if they want to make the, the six. Oh, um, real quick, as in Wednesday night against yeah, Tasmania. Because real, they, real quick. they can't afford to lose that. No, they can't. No, they can't. And, you know, again, losing that Brisbane one is just one that they could have had sitting in their back pocket, mm-hmm. but now they really have to win out. Yep. Um, Adelaide, yeah, look, they've, they look like they don't want it. They, do. they really just look like they don't want it. It's, it's really odd, um, especially when they were playing Perth. It was just they came out. Yeah, they were missing shots, but mm. they weren't doing anything different mm. to to try rectify that. Yeah. You know, they they weren't really attacking the rim uh, or anything like that. Well, and they gave up sixty seven points for the half, and it looked like yeah. it looked like they were they were okay with that. Yeah, I mean Perth shot the absolute yeah. lights out, yeah. which always helps, yeah. um, especially in a an arena that isn't known as a mm. shooting gym. Um, Brady Manick was just that; he was manic. It was un- <laughs> unbelievable. So, um, look, I. I I, I can't see those two turning it around too much. Mm-hmm. Um, New Zealand, I think, is an interesting one because they could have been an almost lock for second and mm-hmm. I reckon that they could drop down to fourth or fifth even. They could, and yeah. They've it, got a tough run home too. They do, they do. Um, so I, I think you insert Brown back into that squad and there's mm-hmm. that just that extra bit of firepower and energy that mm-hmm. he gives. Mm-hmm. Um but Pardon seems to have gone MIA a little bit mm. this past few games, yeah. which, you know, I think he's kind of their engine room um, back there in, in the defense, mm. um, just solidifying it. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how they rectify it. It's more on the defensive end for them, mm. I think, because they're still scoring. Um, they're still finding a way to score. They're not scoring as easy because they're not getting those stops and mm. running like mm. they did before. But uh, yeah, look, it's, it's uh, dangerous times for them. We've touched on on this a little bit, but injuries are becoming a bit of bit of a factor. So, I mean, you can just touch on how much of the break is missing Barry Brown Jr. Mm. right now. He's their leading scorer. Yeah. I think people might forget that. United were able to keep winning without Isaac Humphreys, which I think is a credit to them, but they're still going to be without him at least for, for another week. What the Taipans have done without Keanu Pinder is remarkable. They've won all six of these games yeah. without someone who is probably top three in the MVP race. And, and the Phoenix, like you touched on, getting Kellen Brown back is one thing, but getting them back and actually being ready to have an impact is, a, mm. is another thing. So, I mean, some teams are handling these injuries a bit better than, than others. Oh, they are. Um, you know, Brown is key for the breakers. Mm. You know, like I just mentioned, he's he's just that energy guy and that punch off the bench mm. or starting wherever yeah, he is yeah. in the lineup uh, these days. Um, and, you know, Humphreys for United, I think they've done well to cover that. Mm. Um, they've been really good with that. Taipans without Keanu has been... You know, something that no one, except <laughs> no. I'm sure them, yep. would have foreseen. Um, to take out an MVP candidate and almost start playing better basketball mm-hmm. is is pretty wild. And I also think that kind of hinders Keanu's chances mm. of that MVP. Yeah, it's Insane hard to say that, you're the most important player if your team plays so well yeah, without you, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's he's also now missed too many games. I think to be six games con- is a lot, yeah, isn't it? To know? miss yeah. to to be in contention for that, I think he's he's now out of that. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Kellen Brown, yeah, look, they they started off really well. Mm. I think they started off really well um, and then just kind of fell flat a bit. Mm. You know, again, you know, game fitness is so different to any other fitness. Yeah. Um, you had to feel for Brown late in that game. He had a few horrible moments. And did. There was at least two turnovers and then there was the travel, missed free throw. Yeah. Um, Johnson stole the ball off him in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. He, he had a really rough night. Yeah, had a horror probably last quarter, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, you know, those those three free throws he had late, mm. that second one, mm. he looked petrified to shoot it. You know, even the guys in the commentary said, you know, he, he took that extra second or two, which he did. You mm-hmm. could you could see, um, and it fell 
crazily short. <laughs> barely grazed the front of the rim. <laughs> That's why he was able to get the offensive rim. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I'd, you know, it, it's got to be frustrating because you know he's he's trying to he's trying to do the right thing by the yeah. squad and. Um, so yeah, look, uh, it, it's tough, and injuries play such a big role in sport, and luck is such a big part of it. But you got to be able to cover those injuries, which yeah. we've seen Cairns do. I want to talk to you about the Brisbane Bullets? Could a team possibly have had a a more eventful week across a three game stretch than what the Brisbane Bullets had? So no. if you go back to last Wednesday night at home, they lost to the Sydney Kings by forty nine points. Records were falling all, all over the place in that performance. So it was the the worst ever home loss for the Bullets. The biggest ever win for Sydney in the 40-minute era. Second biggest ever win for the Kings all time. The Kings were fantastic. Take nothing away from them. But yeah. it was an absolutely horrible, non-competitive performance from, from the Bullets. And it was it was hard to see how they could turn it around. And then all of a sudden, I think to start the second half against Melbourne on Saturday night, they were 22 points down. And mm-hmm. it looked like it might be something similar. But then they 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 actually played well. And they gave themselves a mm. chance to, to win that game. And I think full credit to them for being able to to show some fight in that in that game because they up until that point they hadn't hadn't hit a three point and then they hit six in about three minutes three and minutes, they yeah. and they and they, and they got, got going. They went on an eighteen and two run and they ended up losing the game, but they showed some heart. And then Monday night against the Phoenix, the Phoenix playing their first game in eight days, the Bullets playing their third game in five days. Brisbane looked like the fresher team. Mm-hmm. Brisbane looked like the team that was playing for a playoff spot. Brisbane got got their first win in a long time. Um Jesus, how do you sum up that week? Hectic, chaotic, <laughs> all over the place. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, that first one against Sydney was was wild, mm. and we kind of, you know, saw Sydney flex their muscle. Well, I was joking last week when I suggested you to you it might be a fifty point game. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was very. close. You were very close, <laughs> very close. If it wasn't for a last second shot, then you would have been spot on almost. Um, but yeah, look, we we saw the best team go against what was the worst team in the yep. league at that point. Um, and look, I still think Brizzy are probably the last place, should be the last place team if you went off how they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, look, you're right. They, they were competitive against Melbourne in the second half. Yeah. Um, Melbourne came to play to start the game, mm. which, which was good, and that's what they needed to do. Mm. But it's almost like they took a back step and just took a big deep breath and a big sigh of relief yep. at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brizzy, Brizzy came out and... Said no, no, we're, we're still here. Like we, we still want to play. Um, but look, I mean, to overcome a twenty-two point deficit is, is big in, mm. in professional sports. Mm. So uh, you know, obviously fell short there. And then yeah, just rained on Phoenix Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an absolute must-win for for the Phoenix. And you know, Harry Froling came out in the press conference after and said, "We want to be the spoilers." Yep. And you know, if if you're if you know you're not going to make the playoffs, then that's what you play for. You, you want to spoil seasons for teams and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, we saw the Phoenix do that to the Cats last year, you know, that last game of the season. Um, looks like it's turned around and it's happened to them this year because yeah. uh, the way they're playing and that game right there, I think, will hurt them a lot. Yeah. Um, but, look, uh, it, it was really good to see Jason Kadee play the way he did. Mm. Um, and I, I, I did put that on my social media um, even though I watched the game on delay, so it was a few hours <laughs> after it. But I did put that on social media, and watching him play that aggressive was mm. was awesome, and yeah. it completely changed him. You know, yeah. everyone lifted that little bit and um, just kind of followed the leader. You could see just the weight of the world release off his shoulders every time yeah. he saw a shot drop. It's been a rough season for him. He's done all he could as a leader on that group mm-hmm. to try to to keep things going, but it was so good to just see his shots start to fall. Yeah, it was, and it wasn't until half that one at halftime that mm. a three dropped for him, mm-hmm. and you could see just. All the frustrations come out <laughs> yeah. straight after that. So, and then the floodgates just opened, and he started making some some shots and made a big time shot at the top of the key with mm. about a minute and a half yeah. to go um, on a, on a shot clock or well, end of a shot clock, um, which kind of broke yeah. their back. That was that was kind of the deciding shot. Yeah, two um, two hands in his face too. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. He got it off quick and was nothing but the bottom of the net. So, no, look, it was really good to see him like that. Talk to me about what you're seeing with Aaron Baines right now. So he, he had his best game of the season against Melbourne with 21 points and 11 rebounds, and then he virtually doesn't play mm. in that game on on Monday against the Phoenix. He only played just over 10 minutes. He had, I think, four points, three rebounds, four turnovers, got his fourth foul. He was incredibly frustrated, I think, with a combination of the referees and mm. his own coaching staff, and then he, he didn't come back on the court. Um, what do you make of what's happening with him right now? Yeah, look, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes because mm. it's really strange to see what's happening. Mm. Um, you know, 21 and, and 10 is what mm. 
he should be averaging yeah. this league. You yeah. know, he should be averaging that at the very least. And, you know, I think we all gave him a bit of a grace period at the start of the season coming back from just a crazy injury um, and not playing for a couple of years. And um, I think he's shown that he can do that, mm. um, but it's just not consistent yet. Obviously saw that in the Phoenix game where he just didn't play for the last quarter and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got his got his fourth foul with, I think it was, geez. It was about, I reckon it was about five minutes ago in the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, I reckon yeah. it was. And he, he, you know, he got the hook and wasn't happy about it. He was up talking to Perry Cameron <laughs> yep. for a good mm. couple minutes mm. and they were almost jawing at each other, going back and forth. You know, Perry was trying to calm him down, mm. but Bainesy was going at him. Um Obviously, we have no idea what mm. what was said, but um, just you could just see the way that Bainesy was, uh, how his body language was, mm. and I mean, look, he he was, I don't think he was overly helpful for them when he was on the court. Mm. Um, you know, he was, he drew a lot of fouls by taking hits and falling mm. over, um, mm. which, I mean, he's got to be one of the strongest guys in the league, mm. and he was on his. He was on his uh, on his ass for most of that game, so it Go, goes uh, down very easily at times, doesn't he? He does, and you know it's it's really frustrating because there's lots of guys in the league that throw their head back, yeah. right? And he's kind of one of those guys that when he gets hit, he throws his head and then falls. Mm. And I mean, rest will call it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, and look, the commentary's team we're, we're saying the mm, same thing mm, we mm, are right now mm. and he shouldn't be going down like that yeah. um you know there was a couple times where yeah absolutely you know the contact would have forced him to fall but there's a few times even on screens you know mm. um bro- he went i think it was the one who got his fourth foul we, yeah we broke off broke off ran into him on the screen yeah yeah and Look, Rowdy's Rowdy's strong, but he's also <laughs> fairly wiry, <laughs> yeah. and he, he's not strong enough, I don't think, mm. to to knock Bainesy over. Mm. Um, but look, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens in the next next year or so with him. Mm. Um, I know he's he's contracted again with Brisbane. Yeah. So, well, do you think everything's rosy in that relationship? No. I mean, last week I was fascinated to see the Bullets appoint an advisor to their playing group, <laughs> and in their announcement. A big, a big focus was being the liaison between the players and the ownership group yeah. and with an eye to then being able to help Baines get back to the NBA. Um, so Stu Lash was the was the, the man appointed in this in this role. Um, I don't know if you saw Daniel Motivan's response, who's the manager of Aaron Baines, but yep. he clearly didn't think that somebody like Stu was going to be able to do any more than they could to help yeah. <laughs> Baines get back to the NBA. Um do you feel like the relationship between Bainesy and the Bullets is strong right now? Uh, no, I don't think it's strong. Um, but, gosh, could there be a team doing more off the court than on the court than Brisbane? Mm-hmm. Is, <laughs> and especially more pointless things. Like, it's yep, just... Exactly. I mean, when they came out saying that, you know, the team's going to be, you know, the or the... I guess the ownership group and and all that is going to be more involved in the team and all that sort of stuff. That was the beginning of the end for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think every player would have felt the same. Yeah, hundred percent. It's that doesn't work. No. It's proven that that does not work. You know, you own the team. You hire people to do things in mm. that team. You are you hire the professionals that know what they're doing to run the to run mm. the team. You you don't have a hand in it, right? You're basically the checkbook, yep. and that's what you sign up for when you are yeah. the owner. And right? that's why I've got Sam McKinnon. That's why I've got a head coach to deal with the players. Yeah, yep. And it's too many cooks. I yep. think is is the way to put it. And well, you know, why would a playing group need an advice an advisor or a liaison to their ownership group? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. They don't. <laughs> it's it's just another person in there that wants to put his two cents in and. Oh, no, we need to do it this way. Oh, mm. no, we need to do it that way. They don't need that. They don't need that at all. It's there's Yeah, there's way too much going on off the court. Mm. Um, and as a playing group, that's got to be frustrating. So I, I definitely feel for them. Are they going to find it hard to find players wanting to go there Probably. going forward? Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see some players earning more than they probably should be going and playing for Brisbane mm-hmm. because they're going to have to start throwing some money at people yeah. t- to get them there sure. if, if things behind the scenes don't change. 
All right, Cody, last thing before we get to Scott Ninnis and the Galen Award for this week. Um, the NBL announced this week that they've changed the Rookie of the Year Award to the Next Generation Award. So no longer will it just be for players in their first professional seasons. It'll be anybody under under 25 years yep. of age, I think, from April 30 was the, yes. the cutoff. So that all of a sudden widens the field from Sam Wardenberg against Sam Wardenberg for the Rookie of the Year Award to all of a sudden... We've got a whole heap of contenders for the, for this award, and probably poor Sam might not be one of the leading ones. But no. I feel like it's the right move. I'm, I'm just a bit confused why it's happened three weeks out from the end of the season. Yeah, and look, great move. I think that's what it should be. I know mm. Pete Hooley has been yes. soldiering on for this for for <laughs> quite a while, and and you know he can take a bow and and say he was he was the reason for this change because a hundred percent he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's awesome. But don't do it with three rounds to go. Mm, mm. Like, that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it gone from being Sam Wardenberg's award, <laughs> yes, 1,000% Sam Wardenberg's <laughs> yep. award, to probably Sam Froling's award. Yes. Yep. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it's it's the perfect award now because we've seen, seen guys like McDonald step up as a DP yeah. and play major minutes mm-hmm. for a team sitting in fourth position mm-hmm. and, and being a big impact mm-hmm. that we thought should have been in contention for awards like this. And I think it would yeah. have been those two as I the race. So. Yeah. Him and Wardenberg would have been the two in the race for that award yeah. um, had it have been that. But now with it being this kind of kind of award, I think it's it's opened the field a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. It does make sense. So, I think so too. Yeah, just, just call it Rookie of the Year for this year and yeah. then – Next year, all right, we're renaming the the award. We're we're changing some things to it. Mm. Um, this is how it's going to be. That'd be that'd be the way to do it. Not with, like I said, three rounds to go. It's not ideal. It's not. Um, all right. Before I get to Scott, and we well, we can get his reaction to what's going on in Adelaide right oh now as gosh. well. But also, he'll help pick the Galen Award winner. Um, anyone jump out without putting words into Scott's mouth? Anyone you would nominate for the Galen Award this week, Cody? Off the top of your head. Um. It's been it's been tough. I think there's been lots of guys that have have stepped up and look. It's it's one of those things that all these rounds are kind of starting to mold yes, into one yes. for me with with all the uh, with with the way all the games have been. But I've got someone in cans in mind. Someone in cans in mind. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I mean someone look. we've talked about a lot on this show. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be Taj, would it? Or no, no, no. <laughs> well, he, he was fantastic. He was awesome but I, for them. I was more thinking DJ Ho, yeah. but, I'll, but I'll see what Scott thinks. Look, I think I think DJ has been. It's kind of just been what he's doing every week, mm. really. You know, it's it's he's tough. He just does all the little things as well that don't really go under the stat sheet, and he's just that calm, cool, collected character that mm. they need. And yeah, look, I, I don't envy Scott trying to pick it this week because <laughs> no. there's 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 quite a few players around the league that I think uh, deserve it. I don't envy him dealing with what the 36ers are offering up right now either. No, I'm sure he's not a happy customer (laughs) right now. No. Let's find out, Cody. Let's take a deep breath. And when I come back, I'll be with Scott Ninnis. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm with the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer once again this week, Scott Ninnis. I won't get to the 36ers straight away, Scott, because unfortunately there's not a lot of great news to talk about, but you've talked about getting ready for these two biggest ever camps that you've had with 160 kids over two days. You've now just survived it, or did you survive? 160 kids for two days, mate, which is 30 more than we've ever done before. Over five five courts at St. Clair, I can I can barely feel my legs, mate. Uh, yeah, the great man, Brett Maher, uh, dropped me home. Yeah, we've been home for about an hour. Uh, we could barely even have a glass of red wine, mate. Like we, uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Both of us will sleep very, yes. very well tonight. I, I can imagine. Um What's not helping you sleep right now is what's going on with the 36ers, Scott. So we talked last week about how big those two games were. They ended up being two pretty disappointing games, um, especially the performance in Perth. I know that they at least finished the game strongly to avoid a 30-point loss, but the fact that you're celebrating a 15-point loss probably says it all about how they're playing right now. What's going on? Do you give them any hope over the next three weeks? They probably have to win every game that they play to, to even sneak into the playoffs now. Yeah, look, I mean, it's bitterly disappointed, mate. There's, there's, there's no way at all dressing it up. We, we spoke this time last week and said that, you know, if we'll have a more 
clear cut vision mm. of uh, you know where the Sixers fit after this next week, and, and unfortunately, yeah, we probably do, but not uh, not how we were hoping. Mm. And uh, I, I was I was as disappointed in the in the Perth game as I as I have been in in a long long time, mm. and uh, you know in a game where you know basically you're talking about your season being on the line, and you need absolute desperation mm. and come out and just just give it a crack uh, and we just didn't uh yeah didn't provide a whimper and uh you know like i you know i'm a little bit old school you know i i, I don't really want to hear about you know coming back late in the game you know the game mm. was over you know like it's it's uh, uh yeah it, it, it did potentially you know that that could have been a 40 point game if uh you know if it really hadn't called the dogs off um uh, and and it was uh yeah, really, really disappointing. I guess, you know, once again, um, you know, if you look on the positive side of things, I mean, you know, we have five games left and, mm-hmm. and you know, our destiny is still in our own hands. Uh, Brett and I were just having a look at the, looking at the ladder and, and, and the upcoming draw and, and, you know, playing Melbourne United twice is probably a good thing because yeah. they're probably the team that you sort of, you know, look at, you know, being out of supply. I mean, I think Sydney... Sydney and Cairns uh, already have enough wins to to, to make the playoffs. Um, and you look at that next tier down with the uh, with the Jack Jumpers and um, the, breakers. Uh, the Breakers. You know they they they're in a pretty good position as well because they just don't have the losses that yeah. the other teams do. Um, but you know Perth is starting to roll. Uh, you know I love what. You know, John really's done with shortening his rotation, mm. and uh, um, that's that's clearly worked, and they seem to be on the right track. And uh, uh, it's it's going to be tough, mate. We you know we, we we've got some tough games, and yeah, you know, we go and stroll in to play Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane in Brisbane yesterday, yeah. and uh, you know, think you know, think we've got the Phoenix to thank for playing them back in mm-hmm. reform as well. Yes. So uh, <laughs> that's 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 not going to be easy. But once again, it's it's a game that we should win. Um, it's a game I, I expect us to oh, win. Ha- um, have to. And and then you know we we just got to get some some confidence moving forward because at the moment you know we're not playing confidently as a team and uh, we need some sort of spark uh, you know if we're really going to make some noise for the rest of the season. Well, you've spent a bit of time with some of the players this week, Scott. Do you get the sense that it it means enough to them? Do you, do you look at the players right now and do you, do they look like a team that's going to go on a five game winning streak to make the finals? Oh, look, it, it's <laughs> with what we've seen in the last few weeks. It, it's it is difficult to to imagine that, mm. and uh, you know they they seemed in good spirits. So you know, yesterday when when we saw them, I, I know there's there's frustrations. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, look, with, with what's happened, the way you know the, the way that they're playing as a team. But um, you, you know, I think you know, you, you professional basketball is you, you you know you want to win, and and I don't think anyone's given up on the season. I don't I don't mm. get that. That no. sense whatsoever. I, I think. I think when you start getting to the point, we start talking about you know, mathematical possibilities. Well, then I think probably nine times out of ten, then you, you probably are screwed. Mm. But yes. uh, you know, at the moment, I think they realise that you know it's still it's still all there for them if they're good enough. So uh, look, I, look, it certainly starts tomorrow night. I mean, they just need to come out and, and just play with some you know some heart and desire and. and yeah, the results will take care of themselves. But uh, as I said, I think that was the most disappointing thing. Yeah, you know, watching that Perth game is there was just you. You just wanted to see. Um, you know, you just wanted to see. You know, ruthless performance and, and team that came out and, and and you know you know didn't get you know done in the effort areas and uh, you know, just played hard for the whole game. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't see that for long enough patches. And uh, you know, we, we saw what the end result was. But. Yeah. Um, you know, you you have to keep thinking about it in the, you know, as a glass half full situation. Otherwise, you are going to be done. No, for sure. And I think you made the perfect point. You win those two games against Melbourne, and you almost, almost replace them in the top six. So, if you if you win the other three, that's a bonus. But if you win those two against Melbourne, I think it's a a pretty good start. So that that has to be, I guess, the focus. And, and first of all, get through Brisbane tomorrow night. But we're here to talk about some teams that were have been winning, Scott. So we're here to find out the winner of the Galen Award, the best NBL team man for round fifteen in the NBL. And I wanted to throw a few few names at you and and see who stood out. So I don't think we can ignore what the Cairns Taipans are doing right now. To go on a six game winning streak without Keanu Pinder is quite phenomenal. We've talked about Shannon Scott and the job that he's done, and we've talked about Tajir McCall. But I wanted to throw DJ Hogue into the mix for this week because I think he's doing it at both ends of the floor, plays with such poise and steps up in the big moments. So he's the first one I wanted to throw at you for this week. The other one, Melbourne United, they're on a 
pretty good run of form as well. They might just run out of games to qualify for the playoffs. That that might be their their biggest obstacle. But Xavier Radden Mays, I think, has found a way to still contribute contribute now in a different role with Shay back and he had two really good games in their wins over the weekend as well against New Zealand and then against Brisbane and the last one is down in Tasmania I think what Rashad Kelly has done now he's he's replaced Jack McVeigh in the starting five and I think he's going to stay there because he's doing a really good job at both ends of the of the floor does one of those three jump out or did you like somebody else this week oh look I think they're all you know all very very good candidates so look I you know, I think long and hard about this award uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> There's times when I haven't been able to watch all the games. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, But, um, look, I, I, you know, I've been a really big fan of Hogue. Oh, yeah. I just think when you if you start talking about, you know, best team man, which is what this award is, I, I just love the way he goes about it. I mean, you just, you know, he wants to take the big shot. You know, he, he just, just always think that he's going to make the right play and he plays with such poise. And I, you know, I absolutely love that. I, I, I love the way he goes about it. So uh, for me, it's him. I, mm-hmm. I guess the other player that, uh, you know, that we, we, we have met, you know, touched on, we spoke earlier was, you know, Jason Goody had a hell of a game, mm-hmm. um, as, as, as well. And, uh, but for, for me, it's hard. I just, uh, I just love the way he goes about it. And, and you know, Cairns are getting hard to deny. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know we speak uh, with a group of mates and, you know, three or four weeks ago, you know, we felt that Cairns might have been the team that, you know, could possibly drop by the wayside. You know, we felt just with their style of game, the way they get up and down once once teams start clamping up on them. As you start approaching the players, when it's, you know, you generally don't see 120 to 110 mm-hmm. games. It normally gets hard, difficult to score, but... What they've done is, is, is astonishing. You know, yeah. six-game winning streak, as you said, no pinder, and and they haven't, uh, you know, they haven't skipped the beat. So uh, they've yeah, always been playing better, which is amazing. Well, it, it, it is absolutely, and then that's you know that's it's always that you know I talk about it to my boys. It's that you know next man up mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you know you might not you might be sitting on your ass for an entire game week in week out, and then you know one injury or someone gets into foul trouble. Yeah, you have to seize your opportunities, and and that's you know everyone stepped up in in Cairns in in Keanu's, uh, absence, and uh, you know that that augurs very well for them. I just love that, what they're doing. Um, you know, to me, you know, I, I think another discussion we have is is coach of the year. I mm. think it's Adam Ford is getting pretty hard to yes. ignore at the moment. I think he's uh, he's just done just done an incredible job, and you know, he's obviously got guys who play hard for him and and, and love playing for him, and that's a, yeah, that's definitely a step in the right direction from a coaching perspective. Yeah, absolutely, and and you can just see that he's put together a team full of players that play the way he wants them to play, and and it's amazing how that can actually actually go a long way. Rather than just putting together individual individual talents and hope that they blend together, he's got players that he knew would suit his system, and now it's. Now it's working. Uh, it, you know, look, I, I look at Cairns and, and they, you know, they've always amazed me. You know, they, they bring players in, they, they find bargain basement import, then generally someone comes and steals them from one of the richer yes. rich clubs. You know, so they, they're quite often they're, they're rebuilding and, and, and getting the right pieces of the puzzle. You know, uh, you know Aaron Foon, I think, you know, he had teams that you'd probably say overachieved mm. and you know, went to championship series a couple of times. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, you, you look at what they do now. Oh, I think it's phenomenal for, a you know, a small market team, you know, and, and the budget that they have compared to the most, if not mm. all the other teams in the league. Uh, it's, it's exciting. And they play an exciting style of game. Okay. I think that's really, really important too. I, I love that. I always felt when, you know, when I was coaching that you, you have, you know, obviously, you know, wins and losses is what's going to define whether you have, have a long, uh, long career or not. But I was, also felt there was an obligation to put a, you know, put a brand of bars on the court that was, uh, you know, was attractive to watch. And uh, they certainly do that. And uh, I'd love to see them, uh, mm. you know, win the championship this year. Yeah, sorry, if, if, if the 36ers yeah. uh, can't, can't get there, obviously. But, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to watch. And, uh, yeah, just love the way they go about it. No, absolutely it is. And it's been been fun catching up again, Scott. And I hope you get, get a few days to rest up because... The family's going off on a trip next week. We are. We're uh, going up to the Gold Coast to the theme parks and, and taking the kiddies up there. So, uh, 
as long as there's a place for Daddy to sit under a <laughs> under a cabana somewhere with a with a quiet little cocktail on my hand, and uh, yeah, after these last couple of days, mm. mate, it's uh, it's going to be well deserved. But uh, and then we'll be back into it. All, you know, we've started our pre-season as it's south for the NBL one, and uh, uh, that's exciting as that ramps up again. So uh, yeah, it'd be nice just to have those couple of days away and uh, enjoy ourselves for a bit. No, enjoy that, Scott, and I hope you get a couple of 36ers wins at least to, to keep that season alive in, in the meantime. That'll be nice, mate. We uh, we look forward to it starting tomorrow. It's, it's, yeah, we've been saying must win for a, for a lot of time, a lot of weeks now, it mm. seems, but uh, yeah, obviously this Brisbane game is, uh, you, you know, that's, you, you drop that in it. You probably kiss it goodnight, unfortunately, but uh, I, I do. I expect us to go up there and win and, and, and win well, so uh, looking forward to seeing that. Okay, I'm back now with Cody on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Before we get to our preview of Round 16, Cody, I want to take a look at the team still in the playoff mix and have a look at their run home, and you can tell me how many wins you see there for, for each of them. So the Sydney Kings will start with, on top of the ladder, 17-5, and five, and you would think they're pretty much locked in for a top two, if not the top spot already. So yeah. they're, they're run home. They're away to the Wildcats, at home to the Breakers, away to the Jack Jumpers, at home to the Phoenix... Away to the 36ers, away to Perth. Mm. So, six games to go, all against teams in the mix. Yep. How many do they get? Look, you'd find it hard for them to lose more than two of those, to be honest with you. I think that at Perth, with the way Perth's starting to play, I think that's going to be a good test for them. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them in Perth. Well, that's it. You know, last game of the season in Perth, which could come down to where Perth finish yeah. uh, their season. So that's massive. <sighs> Look, I, I just think the way they're playing, like, you know, they, they didn't have their best game against the Hawks, um, mm-hmm. but just still managed to find ways to get it done, even with, with their guys, you know, their, their studs not having their best mm-hmm. games either. They just find ways to get it done, and that's part of their depth. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they just won out. Yeah? Yeah. Cairns Taipans. I imagine Keanu Pinder will be back for their game against the Jack Jumpers this week. So they finish, they're 16 and 7 right now. They finish at home to the Jack Jumpers, away to the Phoenix, at home to the Bullets, um, at home to the 36ers, and then away to the Wildcats. So five games to go. How many do they get? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because um, it's going to be interesting to see how Keanu fits back into mm. the squad. And that's going to take a bit of adjusting after playing six games without him. Mm-hmm. Um, Tazzy's going to be an interesting test for them. Um, you know, I think if Tazzy can really lock down and, and control Cairns' running game, I think they'll be all right. Um, I reckon they probably beat Southeast. Um, they'll get Brisbane, you'd think. Mm. Adelaide, again, is going to be a tough one. It's going to be who wants to play more defense in that game. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then coming to Perth. Mm. Perth is not a happy stomping ground for 40. No, so I, I would he, He's still never beaten the Wildcats. No, he, no I think that, uh, yeah, look, oh, it's, it's a tough one because that makes a, a massive last round for uh, for the Cats. But yeah. look, I think I think Perth probably get that one. So I reckon they probably win. What have we got? One, two, three. Three? Four, five. Yeah, I reckon three. I can give them three. That locks them in top two, you would think, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the Breakers are next on 13. and. Well, well even, even if the even Breakers... Win out, mm. I think that Can still has them on percentage, correct? I think that would be. Oh no, the breakers. Oh no, the breakers would, would great slot up. Yeah, okay. So yeah, well, okay, but that that could all change. Well, New Zealand also have to win out in, yeah. in that yeah. case. Yeah. So well, let's go to the breakers. Thirteen and nine now, so they've lost their last three, mm-hmm. um, and they got a tough run home. So they're at home to the Hawks this Thursday night, but then they're away to the Kings, mm-hmm. away to the Bullets, at home to Melbourne. Away to the Hawks? Away to the Bullets? Well, maybe it's not too tough of a run home. Away to the Bullets. No, but there is... Look, I, There's still a lot of games in a short time. On paper, it's not a, it's not the toughest run in the world, but with the way they're playing... And the way the Hawks are playing. And the way well. the Hawks are playing. Mm. And if Brisbane can play the same way they did against the Phoenix, mm. then all of a sudden this is a really tough run mm. home. Mm. Um, at Illawarra... Oh, no, home against Illawarra, sorry. It's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, Hawks... 
Hawks are desperate for a win. They're going to get one sooner they or later. Are. They're going to get one. They're going to figure out how to finish off a game sooner mm. or later. Um, and this is a danger game for New Zealand because, you know, they've, they've not been playing very well. Yeah. They're still trying to figure it out. And the Hawks are just scrappy. They're super scrappy. And um, look, oh, I think New Zealand get that one and kind of right the ship a bit. Mm. I don't think they beat Sydney. Um, I think they do beat Melbourne, uh, Brisbane, sorry. Mm. Melbourne's a tough one. They've got their both, yeah. well. That's it. They got their back against the walls. I, I think Melbourne get that one, and then I think New Zealand win at Illawarra and then at Brisbane. So, so that gives them a four, yep. seventeen wins. It, it probably keeps them either third or fourth. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers. So they're thirteen and ten right now in fourth. They've yep. only got they've, well, they've got the five games to go. So yep. they start this Wednesday night in Launceston against the Phoenix. Then they play. Away to the Taipans, at home to the Kings, at home to the Wildcats, and away to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. How many do they get? Tough run. You know, I think <laughs> they've probably got one of the tougher runs, mm. especially going off, off form. Um, Southeast, again, it, another game for, for the imports for them mm. will, will be handy. Um, but, you know, I think just the way Tassie play, they're going to wear them down real quick, yeah. just with yeah. their with their full court pressure. I think they, I think they get one over Southeast, mm-hmm. and then oh, they've them and Cairns have always been really interesting matchups. Um, look, I think try to remember what I said for Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> I think he. Oh, I can't remember. No, uh, uh, that's going to be a flip of the coin, um, and. Yeah, it's, it's always a tough one. I think I did. Yeah, I think purely off form, you, you'd go with Cairns. Mm-hmm. Um, although, no, I had Cairns losing a couple. And I, I think because Keanu's slotting yep. into this, I assume he'll suit up for this game. Mm. Uh, I think Tassie might might steal that one. You'd expect them. You'd expect Sydney to win. Um, the one versus Perth is, mm. is huge for them. Um, I reckon... Or they've done well against the Wildcats. They have. So far, they've done you? really well. I, I reckon they get that versus Perth, uh, and then I reckon they get it over Illawarra. That's four out of five. So four out that of gets five. them to seventeen as well. Yep. So you'd think that guarantees them a top four yep. spot. Perth Wildcats, twelve and ten, six games to go in the last three weeks. So it starts mm-hmm. um, at home this week against the Sydney Kings. Then they're away to the Phoenix, at home to the Hawks, away to the Jack Jumpers, at home to the Taipans, at home to the Kings. Mm. It's a big six games. Massive, massive six games, and look, I think they've done well to get to where they're at, so that they've still got a couple games in hand mm. um, with this home stretch. And with the two games against Sydney, uh, I think that's really important for them. Um, look, I, I do think Sydney will will get this first one. Mm-hmm. Southeast, I keep picking against them, but they, <laughs> they're going to win a couple games because you know they're, they're too talented not to. It's tough. Mm. That is a tough one. Um, Oh, jeez. I really think this one's a flip of the coin as well. You know, Southeast is going to have their back against the wall big yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, Perth is too. They want to they finish as high as possible. And, you know, again, especially with those two games against Sydney, um, you've also got Cairns in there and mm. Tassie. They're going to need to keep winning. So, um, for, I reckon they get Southeast. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll get Illawarra. Tassie will be an interesting one. Mm. I think... Uh, I think Tassie will get them. I think Tassie will get them. I think Tassie yeah. will. And then Cairns, again, we, we've said it before, I think I think Cats get that one. Um, and then I think they drop the one to Sydney as well. Yeah. Yep. That gives them three out of the last three six. Three out of and the six. Gets them to 15. Mm. We'll wait and see down the list to see where that might might, yeah. might happen. But I, I think it probably will get them to sneak in. Yeah, I think so. Melbourne United, we talked about them before. They're playing so well at 13 and 12, but... They did dig themselves out of such a hole at 5 and 10, but they've only got three games to go. So mm-hmm. they're away to the 36ers, away to the breakers, at home to the 36ers. Look, I think they uh, I think they win the first two and then stumble at the end. Mm. I reckon they win those first two and then Adelaide gets them in the last game. Yeah, so that gets them to 15 as well. And if they end up on the same percentage as the Wildcats, it'll come down to that, that percentage. That percentage, which is almost identical. It's crazy. There's 0.75 between Yeah, right that now. is unbelievable could come down to that last game that we yeah. saw where they played in Perth played and the Wildcats snatched it at the end. And yep. at the time we said that that could be defining could be for both it. teams. Exactly. 
Okay, now the two teams outside of the top mm. six right now, the South East Melbourne Phoenix. They're 12 and 12. They were looking so good at 12 and 8. Um, looks so different. Um, four games to go. Um, away to the Jack Jumpers on Wednesday night. Then they host the Wildcats, host the Taipans, away to the Kings. I mean, I've just, in every single one of their <laughs> ones, I've just said that they'll beat South East, so it's tough. Look, that's... I think you, you, you gave them the game against the Wildcats, though. Possibly, yeah. So, look, that's, that's just a horror run home. No, I don't think you did get them against no, Perth, actually. No, 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 I didn't. That is a horror run home. Um, oh, goodness. So you're struggling to give them one win. I they am. probably I, need all four to they, make it. Well, that's it. They, they definitely need all four to make it. Um, I think 16 gets you in just. Um, but, gosh, oh, it, the way they're playing and with, with slotting in their, their new – or not their new guys, but their imports back mm. and trying to find their feet, I think it's, it's, it's tough for them. Um, Joe Chi's not coming back, is he? No, he's, he's gone. No, he's done. Um, in saying that, look, they've got more rest than any other team. Yep. So they've got time between games. They've got time to prepare. Um, oh, goodness me. Oh, do they get any? I'm just – I think they're probably their, – their best shot will be uh, against Tassie, I think. Mm. I think we'll well, be they need that to just to yeah. keep yeah. So if they, if they win that one, I reckon they'll get that one. So yeah. I'll, I'll give them that one. Um, 13 is going to leave them well short, isn't it? It is. It's going to leave them short. And that's that's a failure of a season if they Big miss time. the playoffs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And, look, you, you do feel for them because, God, they've been riddled with injuries. They haven't again. been in full strength virtually. No, all. they haven't. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. They're just uh, – that team that – Needs to be performing because they've got they've put rosters together to mm. win championships mm. and on paper legitimate chance to win championships, but just have had no luck keeping players on the floor. All right, that leaves the Adelaide Thirty Sixes, Cody. Do you give them any hope? They're eleven and twelve, and they've got five games to go. So they've they've got enough games to go to get to sixteen. Yes, but, they do. But do they have any hope? So they they're away to the Bullets, at home to United, away to the Taipans, at home to the Kings, and then away to. Melbourne United. Uh, after watching them against Perth, I don't think I, I don't think there's much hope for them. Mm. I think if they continue to play that way and just, it's, it's almost starting to get to that point where a lot of the guys are trying to get theirs a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it's, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's a tough one. Look, I think they'll beat Brisbane. I think they. I think I think Melbourne gets them in that first one. At Cairns is tough. I reckon that's a bit of a flip of the coin. Look, Cairns are going to be fighting to get that top two. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to be scrappy. Adelaide might be a chance for that one. I can't see them beating Sydney. And then I, I did say that they would spoil Melbourne season. Yes, so but that only gives them... That gives them two or three at them. the very most. Yeah. So, look, I, I just... Don't get me wrong. They've got all the potential in the world to, and we, we've spoken about this. They've had the most room for improvement yep. over this past couple weeks. I just haven't seen it yet. No. Is the only thing, and it's it's getting too late. Yeah. Um, look, every possibility. They've, they've. I think they've got the best chance to win out. Yeah. Um, well, they've still got the most talent, probably. Of oh, anybody. they do. Yeah, oh, they absolutely do. They've just got to figure it out. It's mm. the thing. They got to. They got to figure out how to stop people. <laughs> they got to figure out yeah. how to play defense yeah. properly and not it just come from yeah. from Cleveland. So it's a tough one for them. It's it's a really tough one for them. And um, look, oh, I think they get a couple, but I don't think they win out. Yeah, you'd think at best they get to what thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I think so. so. So, Cody, what you come up with, the Kings still finish on top. Yep. You probably think it'll stay exactly how it is, to fairly, be honest. Fairly So the Taipans are locked into second. Breakers and the Jack Jumpers probably third and fourth, and then the Wildcats and United probably fighting over fifth and sixth. Yeah, look, I think I think that's it. I think Tasmania, Perth and Melbourne are probably the, the three that I think will probably interchange a little bit. Yep. I reckon New Zealand right the ship a bit. I think Sydney cans are solidified where they are. Um, and I, I just I can't see... Phoenix or the Sixers just winning out and yeah. and raining on someone's parade, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough, but we'll we'll see what happens. All right, so we'll we'll hold you to that, Cody, and, <laughs> yeah. and we'll follow We're it completely over. wrong. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, so we'll follow that over the last three weeks of the season. More immediately, round sixteen, Cody. Yes, we've had one day off on a Tuesday night and back into it on Wednesday night. 
and it's a huge game. You've talked about it before, how much this means for both teams. It's in Launceston again, so mm-hmm. hopefully the locals in the stands behave themselves a bit better than last yeah. time when the Breakers were in town. But yes. the Tasmania Jack Jumpers at the South East Melbourne Phoenix, massive game for both teams. Oh, huge game. Huge game. Ramifications everywhere. I think Tassie get it. They get up at home and, and um, again, just... Oh, yeah, look, I, I don't know, honestly. This is such a tough one. It's, oh, nah, look, again, you know, I, I've kind of contradicted myself on, on both of those <laughs> previews, obviously, but, like, this is such an important game for the for the Phoenix. Kel and Brown will have their another week of training under their belt. So they will, but it's a horrible it, team to come up against when you're not yeah. quite 100% because well, of the pressure that Jack Thomas will put on them. Well, that's it, and, and, and I mentioned that, and I think, yeah, it's, it's probably the last team that you'd want to come up against. But The Breakers saw that. When the, the Breakers played their first game in their three-week mm-hmm. after their three-week break, and they just couldn't handle the pressure of the Jack Jumpers either. Mm, no, no, and that's what Tassie do. That's why they're so good and yep. constantly in that top four. Um, they just wear you down, and, and especially to be coming back from a couple injuries. Um, it's, it's not ideal. It's not what you want, so... Look, I, I think I ended up going with the Phoenix on this one. Mm. Um, so let's let's do that. We'll go <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, Thursday night, a doubleheader. It starts with the New Zealand Breakers at home to the Allura Hawks. Do the Hawks finally break through or do the Breakers get back to winning? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I think, I think it'll be a really good game. And most of the Hawks games have been really good games. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think the Breakers ride the ship a bit. Um, yeah, look, it's interesting to see if they got their full squad back. I don't think Barry Brown will no, be back still. No. So that's that's that scoring punch that is probably needed for them yeah. to, to right their ship completely, but um, I think they get that one. Then the Brisbane Bullets back at home, do they play spoilers again? And yeah. gee, if they beat the Adelaide 36ers, it's almost season done. Oh, it is. If, 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 they, uh, if they can get up against the Sixers, that's them done for sure, uh, 100%. So look, I, I think I think CJ will have them, have them going and, and ready to ready to fight. So look, I think Adelaide get it. Um, they just have to, don't they? They have to. <laughs> they've, they've got no choice, yeah. really. But um, be good. It'd be good to see the same Brisbane team show up for this one. Friday night, two massive games. So four teams, or four of the top five teams right now, all mm. bat, all battling. So it starts in Cairns with the Taipans at home to the the Jack Jumpers. Yeah, um, tough one again. Bit of a flip of the coin. I think it's going to be if the. Jack jumpers can slow down Cairns mm. on this one, um, but again, you know, you, you'd assume you'd have guys like Keanu back. Yes. Um, so it's going to be tough to do. It's it's a tough mm. ask, and and the way Cairns are playing, I think that um, they'll get that one. But uh, yeah, look, Tassie's going to be in all these games mm. anyway, so yes. oh, I do think Cairns get that. Friday night, Perth Wildcats at home to the Sydney Kings. Yep. Before we get to the game. 42nd birthday of the scoring machine and number 42 going up onto the rafters on Friday night, Cody. Big night. Big night. And uh, you'd like to think the Cats will get up for that. Mm. Um, so, look, obviously, massive congrats to, to Sean on that one. Um, obviously, very well deserved for, for everything he's done for that club and and just the game in general. So, uh, yeah, look, that's that's a, a massive night. And like I said, you'd expect the Cats guys to, to get up for something like that. Mm. But, look, the way Sydney are playing, they, they just really do look unbeatable right now. Yeah. So I think Kings get that one. Works nicely for Sean to have Kevin Lish back in the building. They mm. had such a great chemistry together as championship teammates. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be good. And, and Kev will be, uh, I'm, I'm sure, extremely excited for, mm. for the scoring machine. But you got the Kings? I do have the Kings, yeah. Um, Saturday. Well, this will be a fascinating game. The only game that has no playoff ramifications, yeah. but as of right now, both teams are coming off some pretty good performances. Um, they would have played earlier in the round as well, but the Elora Hawks against the Brisbane Bullets. Tough one. Really tough one. Um, look, I, I think the Hawks break through and, and get that win that they've mm-hmm. been so desperate for. Um, again, I, I hope it's the same Brizzy team that we saw saw the other day. Um against the Phoenix, because mm. um, then that'll make that a really, really tough game. But I, I think the Hawks get that one. Now, these last three ra- games of the round all have big, big ramifications. So the second one on Saturday night, the 36ers are hosting United. And again, I mean, season on the line stuff for, for both teams. Yeah, massive, massive again. And I reckon I reckon Melbourne get that one. Um, purely because, you know, they have to win it. Um, I mean, so does Adelaide. 
they're, they're both must must mm. win um, for each team. But I think Melbourne get up for that one and and kind of solidify themselves a bit more into that six. Two more on Sunday, two huge ones. So the South East Melbourne Phoenix back at the the State Basketball Centre in Melbourne against the Perth Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Big one, I think. Uh, Cats will will need to turn around. Yeah, if they lose a, on Friday, it's a, it's a very very yeah. quick turnaround. So, uh, look, I just, I just can't see Phoenix getting up for that one. I mm-hmm. think I think the Cats get it. Um, Phoenix obviously have a another couple days break between mm-hmm. um, compared to the Cats, but look, I, I think the Cats get that one. In the last game of the round. Another another big one. So the Sydney Kings at home to the New Zealand Breakers. The Kings don't need to win too many more games to lock in that top spot, but yeah, the Breakers, they do need to keep winning. They certainly do. They certainly do, and be interesting to see how Chase manages his team mm. um, over these next few weeks, but you'd expect them to to keep, keep playing decent minutes into, mm. into their main guys. In saying that, look, I still think they're probably one of the deepest teams going, going oh, around the league, so... You know, even if you have your bench guys mm. playing, they're still legit. Yeah. Um, I think the Kings get that one, um, and and really snuff out that top two chance for New Zealand. All right, Cody, that'll be fascinating. So we'll we'll hold you to all of that next week when, <laughs> when we come back. It's been fascinating to break down everything happening in the world of the NBL. I'm glad you made it home safely from from Geraldton, and you're you're able to to settle back into a bit of a normal normal week this week, <laughs> Cody. Um, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Hoop Seven for making it possible. I'm Chris Pike, but I'll leave you with the the final words, Cody. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many teams prove me wrong again. It <laughs> seems to happen every week. So no, looking forward to a good round.